0: in three two one hello and welcome to the investment property income podcast my name is jeff edie and joining me today as always is my good friend one of canada's top mortgage brokers and a heck of a nice guy jonathan tilger jonathan how are you today
1: well i as i've tell you every time I'm on here every time uh after your intro I start out here and I go even higher so just doing phenomenal how about yourself Jeff?
0: (laughs) I am pretty great thank you I'm pretty great so today we have uh probably the most boring of the mortgage discussions to have uh, um at least on the surface once you start to dig into it it gets a lot more interesting and that would be insurance now I know there's a few different types but um I guess let's start at the beginning. That's the one that you have to offer when somebody is signing up their mortgage. Um, Want to talk about a little bit about that? Well, you know what? Talk about all three types, and then let's focus in on that one.
1: All right. So yeah, there there are three. I'll say insurances that come up that uh, that I need to discuss to some to varying degrees based on the client circumstances. The, the first one is your your CMHC or your mortgage. I'll say your mortgage default insurance. This this is the one where you've got less than 20% down. It's a requirement. And it gets okay. built in. The majority of it gets built into your mortgage, uh, but it's, it's built in that way. If you've got 20% yep. down or more, it usually doesn't come up, but it is something that occasionally does in those circumstances. The second one is your homeowner's insurance. That is one that I... I get involved proliferally as far as letting people know they've got to get that set up. It's usually all they've got to show confirmation of that to the lawyer before the mortgage gets registered. But that is that is a requirement that they need to have. And the third one is this is the mortgage life insurance or life insurance based on different policies, different options that are out there and circumstances that people are in.
0: Yeah, you know, I I personally always got confused when I was being taught about these in the mortgage course, because I didn't understand the difference between the homeowners insurance and the mortgage life insurance. It was always just insurance. For some reason, it, it, it the two of them were very closely linked to me. I knew that I had to offer one of them. I just didn't know what it meant. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about the one that you're mandated um, at the time of someone closing their mortgage. You have to offer them mortgage life insurance. You want to break that one down a little, little further?
1: So the mortgage life insurance is is yes it's something that i need to discuss with somebody and basically there is a form that gets generated when i get a commitment that we've got to go through so they sign the commitment here's the form for the mortgage life insurance that they need to sign off to either they need to sign it in either event and then they either need to apply for coverage or they they can waive the coverage as well it's not a requirement it's an optional coverage
0: okay okay so they don't have to take it no I know personally, it's probably a good idea to take it cuz you just never know. Now, does this basically it's the payments, do they start when you sign the mortgage and they end when you renew or how does that happen?
1: So when you got a a policy that is tied to your mortgage, the, the the you've got the option where it could start the day that you sign the form. Okay. So my home is closing in two months from now. could get it where you signed today. Your coverage is in place today. So basically, if something were to happen to you prior to taking possession of your home and by something happening, I mean you pass away, yeah, then you've got the coverage in place that would pay out the mortgage in full.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. I
1: was just going to say that just continuation. Most people, they just opt, opt for to start the coverage when the mortgage actually gets set up but there is the option you can take it out prior to.
0: Okay. So I, I know this, I, I'm sure a lot of people turn this one down, but uh, in my life, I've seen it be a very positive thing. Uh, when my mom passed away a number of years ago, uh, she did get her policy pre underwritten. Um, uh, I don't know how you feel about explaining that, but I can certainly talk about it just a little bit. Um she, she did receive uh, uh, coverage only about two months before she passed away, but because she was pre-underwritten, they couldn't dispute that she had a pre-existing condition. They, she went through all the medicals, which was really important because it turned out she had cancer and they couldn't say that it was a pre-existing condition because she didn't have it when she went through the medicals. So that's why pre-underwritten is, is really good, um, super important, but... I know that there was no challenges with the insurance company. They basically came over after, you know, I call it the business of dying, all the stuff that needs to be wrapped up. And when they came over and dealt with that, I think we had to check within two weeks to finish off the policy. And my mom was pretty happy that at least she got to leave something behind. You know what I mean? So I definitely, I think that's a, a, I think that's an overlooked facet of uh, insurance that people, if they truly understood what it meant, could, definitely benefit from
1: yeah so i mean you're saying you're saying pre-underwritten was was this a a life insurance policy or was it something tied directly to the mortgage
0: it was tied directly to the mortgage although i'm not sure if it like it just paid off the mortgage okay it covered the amount owed on the policy but she didn't have the policy done at the time like the the mortgage sorry the mortgage wasn't done at the time but it was specifically to pay off her mortgage so it was a mortgage life insurance.
1: Okay. So when you're saying about it being pre-underwritten, that's where there are different policies. And I'll just break it down and say that there are policies issued by different lenders. And there are more. So as a mortgage broker, how I'm set up is I've got the, the policy that I typically offer is through MPP, which is a manual life product. Mm-hmm. So it is. While it is tied to the mortgage, it is not. It's not tied to the lender. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Where,
1: whereas a lot of bank policies, it's tied directly to the lender.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask: Do the banks have to offer it as well, or they would probably want to do it because it's a heck of a uh, marketing uh, way to
1: market their their insurance products, right? They they will typically, yeah, they they will. I'll just say they will usually always market it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. But but I'll, I'll I'll just differentiate between tied to the lender and not tied to the lender. Because if you're tied to the lender, it means that on renewal, should something have changed with your health, then you're really tied to that lender and you can't you can't necessarily go and renegotiate and move to a different lender because your policy is tied with that lender only. If you move if you move lenders, that policy is gone.
0: Okay. Okay. So that makes sense, yeah. If you renew with somebody else, get a cheaper rate or better conditions, whatever, you got to make sure that you re-offer that. Well, the broker has to offer that regardless, right? Yes. But make sure that you, you have coverage in place still, should you be trading lenders. And,
1: and, and the other part you mentioned about the pre-underwritten, pre-underwritten is, is very, very important because it's one of those things that the, the insurance policy, all you I'll say you take out a policy like this, hoping you never need it.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, that's what most insurance is, really. However, being pre-underwritten versus uh, versus post-underwritten, something like what happened with my mom when they discovered she had cancer and died within two weeks. If that was uh, a post-underwritten policy, they very easily could have said that it it was a pre-existing condition and denied that the policy was valid which you don't want to be making payments on something you're never going to be able to collect on.
1: Yes. And, and there, there are, if, if you go back through, there are, I know there was a CBC marketplace done several years ago, looking at some of these policies and some of the things they could use to, as you say, back out if the underwriting is done after the fact. And there's all kinds of stories that, that they've pulled where, hey, people thought they had the insurance in place. They turn around and, well, they got paid their premiums back. Which is a big difference from the five hundred thousand dollar debt they're now struggling to carry because the primary income earner has passed away.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a big thing I would say in general with insurance is to make sure that it's pre underwritten because post underwritten, that's tough.
1: Yeah, and and I'll I'll just say in general with this, uh, my my preference and what usually makes a lot more sense for clients is if particularly if they're in a situation where insurance is really required for them and and the the number one number one scenario look at for this is you've got kids Mm -hmm. i mean a, a single person hey you pass away going okay who cares? To take your cats will
0: eat of? you. Are you making fun of me? Are you? Ma-
1: <laughs> but but when 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 you've got kids, you want to make sure your kids are taken care of. Particularly, you got kids, a spouse. Uh, particularly, if you are the the primary income earner, that's where you want to make sure that 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 they're taken care of and they're not suddenly left with this huge burden and they've got to sell the house, they've got to live differently because now you're not there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that comes down to responsibilities and all that stuff. Which I don't have. Uh, <laughs> yes, my cats will eat me. Should I die in my apartment? Uh, <laughs> but um, so let's talk about the the next type of insurance that uh, you may or may not require, and that's the CMHC Genworth uh, Canada Guarantee mortgage insurance sorry this is this is actually where I used to get confused because I didn't understand the difference between a mortgage life insurance policy and mortgage insurance yes enlighten me Jonathan spread your wings and
1: fly little angel so so this one actually if you go through the terminology it's actually your mortgage default insurance now who does this one protect it doesn't protect you the homeowner it protects the lender yes and so essentially the the policy is put in place that you as the homeowner buying with less than 20% down are required to pay uh, the majority of the payment is built into the principal of of the mortgage mm-hmm so you get a $400,000 mortgage there's let's just say $25,000 or wouldn't be that high, um, but it would be about $16,000 insurance policy on that if you're buying with 5% down. So you're actually paying back $416,000.
0: So this is only required when you have less than 20% down payment, Correct.
1: It's required. I I wouldn't say only it's required with less than 20% down. There are some circumstances where if you do have 20% down, it still may be required, but that that's too broad. And they're, they're usually small little niche things. So, but there are a few circumstances where it may come up with less than 20% down.
0: Okay. Um, And what happens to that? Let's say you miss a couple of payments. What happens there?
1: Well, you miss you miss basically it's once you hit once you miss three payments, that's when you get foreclosed on. So you as the homeowner, you would get foreclosed on. And then the lender would then, uh, if they chose to, would then go back to the mortgage insurer who would pay off and they, they would handle the foreclosure and sale of the house.
0: Okay. So this does nothing to protect the homeowner from missing a payment. This just means the bank's got its butt covered by giving you a, a higher risk mortgage.
1: Exactly. So basically, it covers them off if you've got less than 20% down.
0: And does this get reimbursed to the homeowner at any point? Does this? Uh, is there any way to recoup the cost of it, really, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: No, uh, basically that that's the, well, the only, I'll, I'll say my initial answer is no. The only thing is if you do buy a a new property and you're going to be buying an insured property and you're selling the current one, there are options where you can port over the insurance. So you don't have to pay it a second time. If it was, if it was recently set up, uh, that's, it doesn't come up very often because most people after their first home, they're usually in a situation where they're buying with, uh, with, with 20% down or more, mm-hmm. but there is the option for that. And it's something I've done a few times and I actually saved, saved clients seven, $8,000 with the insurance premium.
0: Wow. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's good to know.
1: So, so th- that, that's where it's good to have an experienced broker who knows about that. Cause most of them don't. And so you go through, okay, you bought an insured property, you're selling it, you're buying a new insured property and you're paying the full premium again. Whereas there could be some credits you can get back on that.
0: Hey, you just save somebody, you know, 10 grand. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I have done it a few times, uh, well, but, but, I I, but those I... are repeat clients. <laughs> that would make me
1: very happy with you. <laughs> um, do you see that often? It's not something that comes up very often, just just because most people when they're buying their next house, they're usually not buying insured at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: But but so, but I will I will just say you said okay let's it's a sunk cost but I'll just say it's a cost to get you into the market and to get you in the market today as opposed to having to wait maybe three four years to save you twenty percent. Did and, you know and, what
0: I was going to ask next? Is that, you, is that why you, you were that? you were
1: probably exactly going to ask that, weren't you? <laughs>
0: should I wait so that I have twenty
1: percent down, or should I go now? <laughs> so so yeah so my my answer there is usually if you go through and you look at the numbers if you assume. It, so if you're buying 5% down, the, the, the premium is just over
0: 4%.
1: Okay. If you assume that properties are appreciating at 3% to 5% every single year, basically every single year you're out of the market. So that, that 4% will pay for itself most likely in that first year of home ownership. And if you look at what's happened in certain areas in the last year, that, that 5% would have probably tripled or quadrupled that value right there.
0: Oh, out in the area where I live, it's uh, yeah, it's gone kind of insane. It's like a thirty-two percent leap over last year at this yeah. time.
1: But but if we if we just stick with that three to five percent as the average long-term appreciation, typically. But I not- want to
0: use thirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that
0: that makes absolute sense. You're losing money by waiting
1: yes in addition you're paying rent you're paying whatever expenses over the course of that year or living at home with parents which is an expense in itself <laughs> <laughs> that one's emotional uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, if nobody's ever had to go back to live with their parents once they just don't understand <laughs> um so yeah that's a whole thing yeah no i, I definitely agree though going now is is mathematically a Better plan than waiting for two to five years to save up 20%. Plus taking that long to save up 20%, the values of the homes are going to be that much higher, and you might not have your 20% at that point.
1: Exactly. Or, or the 20% you now have will buy you a, a house that's a third smaller than one you could have bought. Yeah. Five percent down a few years ago. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: All right. So let's cover uh let's cover off the last type of insurance here, and that is uh homeowners insurance. So this is 100% absolutely always required by the
1: lender. Yes. The, well, the only time that it is not uh, required to the full extent is for uh, a lot of condos. And it just has to do with within the condo itself, with the maintenance for your paying, part of what you're paying for. Re- really, I mean, the other name for this, homeowners insurance, is what they call fire insurance. I was just going to say that, yeah. So it's basically should the property be destroyed and fires the most common situation, which is why it's called that. But it does cover other circumstances based on the policy. And yeah, I'm not an expert on that insurance, so I don't want to speak too much more about that. Uh, but, but if you are buying a condo, most condos, you do not require the insurance. You still probably want to have some sort of content insurance with the condo but it's not required by the lender because what the lender cares about is the asset that we've got the mortgage secured that secured to is that protected? Should it get damaged? And in the event of a con of a fire in a condo building, that's where the, the condo insurance, part of what you're paying with your maintenance fee, it would be covered in there.
0: So I guess really the the key takeaway here for all of that is that lenders only care about getting their money back. And two of the three insurances are only for them. Yes. <laughs> That makes sense. Um, And you know what, you can think of it as the big bad lender doing that. But at the same time, what I see with clients is once they get past that borrower stage into the investor stage, they start to understand the different mentality about protecting what's made. And I get it, banks are big faceless corporations. However, at the end of the day, they care about their shareholders getting a, a good return.
1: Yeah. And with that, it's like, don't, don't try and skimp on, especially like the homeowners insurance. And this is one, it was not a client of mine to somebody. It happened to be somebody I heard about and it was somebody who lives close to me, which is how I heard about it. And that is, Hey, they sold the property. The, the, so they, they'd sold the property. The property was closing. The, the sale date was, was uh, I think it was mid November was when it was closing, but they sold it in September. So you had about two months time. They thought, well, my shirt my insurance is coming due the end of September. I don't need to bother paying it. I sold the property. There was a fire in the property. Yeah. I think
0: so, you so may have told me this story. So
1: time. so for for what equated to, I think it was maybe a twenty or thirty dollars for that month, month and a half premium. Uh, yeah. Oh,
0: uh. Penny wise, pound
1: foolish. Yes, exactly. So, so don't 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 skimp. Don't try and cut corners. It's for really, especially. I mean, the homeowner's insurance. I, I think the policy is like somewhere around seven or eight hundred dollars for the year.
0: Well, I mean, truly, if you can't afford the insurance, you can't afford the home, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's that terrible thing. So, I think we've got a, a few key points here to to understand. First of all. Um, but why don't you sum it up? What are the key points to really understand about three types of insurance?
1: Um, basically, you're going to be paying if you're buying a house, you're going to be paying for insurance and you're going to be paying for several <laughs> different kinds of insurance.
0: Debt, taxes and insurance. <laughs>
1: yeah. So 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 to, 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 to sum it up, you've got I'll, I'll start with the insurance to protect the lender. And that is the mortgage default insurance, less than 20% down, it's required, it's built into your mortgage. And that's just, I'll just say it's a fact of life if you're buying less than 20% down. But as we went through and spoke about, to buy less than 20% down gives you many advantages, get you in the market, appreciation, everything else. So well worth it, in my opinion. The second one is your, your homeowner's insurance, or your fire insurance. Again, something that is required um, in most circumstances, I said con- condos, the only one where may not be, but, uh, but basically required. And I just, it's a, ne- a necessary cost. I say of owning a home, should something happen in the home to make sure that, that, uh, that you're protected, that your, your investment in your home is protected. And also the lender they require to make sure that their investment in your home is protected. And the third one is the life insurance or mortgage life insurance, uh, that is something again, especially based on circumstances. That is usually highly recommended if you've got dependents. Uh, but another circumstance as well. I, I mean, as you said, if you just want to make sure you you leave something, leave leave a nest egg, leave something behind for your loved ones, it's a great thing to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I've definitely been the beneficiary of that, uh, knowing that that uh it has helped not only my situation but many other people that's that's a big one so i would say uh definitely from my point of view we need to know pre-underwritten and post-underwritten the differences there uh definitely that getting in the market now is better than waiting for 20 percent to to accumulate in your bank account uh because you're losing out on money by doing that it's worth the four percent purchase cost and then yeah just the last one making sure that uh you protect what you're building and it's going to be required by the lenders but make sure you got a good policy there because you're you you do not want to don't want to end up with that terrible terrible incident where somebody stopped paying their premium for a month jonathan as always thank you so much for the wealth of knowledge that you supply and uh joining me in, in sharing that with the world do anything you want to say to uh wrap us up here
1: Always a pleasure speaking with you, Jeff. Thank you very much, everyone listening. Uh, glad you can tune in and look forward to tuning into our next. Uh next (laughs) podcast.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. And thank you for listening. If you want to know more about uh, Jonathan, you can certainly shoot him an email at ipincome at a mortgage plan.com. Or you can download the book that Jonathan and I co authored together investment property income book.com is the website to free download that if you're listening on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Prime, any of the uh, multitude of podcast platforms that we're on. Again, thank you so much for listening. Download the book, shoot Jonathan an email, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Investment Property Income Podcast. Talk soon.